All right, guys. You want the truth? This is the eighth time I've recorded this greeting. Now, I don't know how many times I could say that I am so glad you're here, but honestly, from the bottom of my heart, not only am I glad to be here with you guys, but I'm also really glad you joined us. So if this is your first time, welcome. You don't have to go back and listen to 18 episodes to catch up. You can pop in right here. It's going to be a good day. So today we are diving into Romans chapter 8. But we're looking at this specific verse when it says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. So I'm praying that whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, um, that in this moment, God will meet you and that the revelation that I really believe he poured into me for this episode Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, so one more time, Romans 8. Verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. And so as I was studying this scripture, as I was spending time um, just with the chapter as a whole, this verse really grabbed me. Um, And before we dive in, I want to tell you a little bit of why um, some of you may know if you're walking closely with me. Others of you, I only know from afar and that's okay too. But, you know, sometimes God puts us in these seasons where we're walking through it and we're like, God, are you sure? Uh, (laughs) Are you sure this is the plan? Like, no offense, but you're a good God and this this feels like a bad plan. Um, and personally, I find myself just really in the tension of those thoughts and that battle of, God, I believe you called me here. I believe you asked me to do this. I believe that this is the way to go, but why does it feel so hard? Why does my heart hurt so often? Why do tears keep coming? And so there's all these questions of why is there's so much suffering if this was your plan? Um, And I want to address something. I didn't plan to address this before, but I think many of us have been, been either told or, you know, really believe that if we put our faith in Christ, that life gets easier. And if this is your first time and you're not a Christian, I don't want to scare you, um, but there's something really hard about following where God calls you to go, about laying down your life to do what he has asked you to do. And the tricky part is, is it's always worth it. You know, like God is always way cooler and shows up in so much um, of the intricate details that it will leave you in awe. But at the same time, it's so hard. And so personally, I find myself um, flat in the middle of that type of season where, um, kind of resting in that truth that I know the present suffering won't even compare 
to the glory that um, is to come. And as I dove into this chapter and as I dove into this verse, the story that really resonated with me when it came down to um, what we're going to focus on today is found in Acts 16, 16. And so I'm going to catch you up and then we'll dive into just some certain pieces of it. But the story really begins by Paul and Silas crossing paths with the slave girl. Um, and this slave girl predicted the future and made her owners a lot of money. But she's following them around. So she's following Paul and Silas around as they're teaching God's word and saying, these men are servants of the most high God who are telling the way to be saved. And now based on Paul's response, um, many days later, we can assume that she wasn't yelling this to be helpful. She was really mocking them and trying to annoy them as much as And it says, at that moment, the spirit left her. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in stocks. And so, basically, Paul and Silas cast this demon out of her, and because she no longer makes money. The slave owners are angry and um, so now we've got Paul and Silas stripped, beaten, severely flogged, and in prison, specifically locked in the inner cell with their feet fastened in stocks. So let's just give this this type of environment some descriptive. So it's dark, it's cold. Um it's known that in the inner room, um, you would only be put in the inner room specifically with um, vital outcasts. And um, it's also the most unused room in a prison. It's the most secure part of the prison. And it's very, very difficult to escape. And the fact that their feet were fastened in stocks is really important because this isn't just chains around your feet. I did some research. Um, and so according to Barnes commentary, what a stock is, is overall, um, it's a wood piece of board that would go on the top of you and on the bottom of you. And so on the top half, you would put your arms in and your head in, and then on the bottom half, obviously your feet. And so If indeed their feet were the only things locked in, that means they can't even stand up straight. They were locked into something. Now pick up in verse 25 because something crazy is about to happen. So it says about midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening to them. Now, this is the same Paul that will later go on to tell us like, hey, 
the my current sufferings, yeah, they don't got nothing on the joy that is to come in. Why would Paul say that? But I believe it's because when fought with praise and prayer, have the opportunity to have a ripple effect on the other prisoners that are listening, right? So these men didn't ask to be in prison with Paul and Silas. Can you imagine just like being in jail? Just imagine for a minute, like being in jail. And then these two guys roll up completely beaten, totally like worn down. And they just start saying like, Praise God from whom, like, how twisted would that be? Like, if you were in jail, what would you be thinking? But the fact of the matter is, is that these men were listening to those prayers. They were listening uh, to those worship songs. They were watching these men stay fully alive in Christ despite their circumstances. Uh, But I don't want to miss this part because... I think for many of us right now, myself included, it's hard for us to believe that our current suffering could produce encouragement, hope, and so if you take nothing else from this, I pray that you would take and know that there are people watching how you um, fight this battle, how you walk through this season. There are people spectating, you know, and when we fight with thanksgiving, when we fight with prayers, when we fight with praise, what we ultimately do is we set a standard that God reigns victoriously over my circumstance, despite what it looks like. Here's what happens next. It says, suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. I love this part. I love this part. At once, all the prison doors flew. See, people in the vicinity of Silas and Paul got free simply because they were willing to fight with praise and prayer. And what does it take? What does it look like for us to rise up in the midst of our suffering and declare that as long as there is breath in our lungs, whether the space we're in is dark and uncomfortable, we feel untouchable, we feel lonely, we feel isolated, we will resolve in our spirits not to kick a claw our way out, but to rather praise and pray God from within. Because I believe what Paul knew when he said our sufferings aren't worth comparing to God's glory that's on the way is that when we're willing to stay focused on God being glorified, even when everything around us is otherwise, everybody's chains come loose. Pick up in verse 27, it says the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We are all here. And now I'm going to do my best to dive into this because I believe that there is a lot of revelation we can take um, from just what happens right there? Because the guy that was watching from the outside looking in finally wakes up. It says that in verse 27, the jailer woke up and we know that the jailer was watching them from the outside looking in and he finally wakes up. 
And I think the tendency for us, okay, stay with me, guys. I know that this is this is a lot, but I really want to weave this in, okay? So the tendency is when we get free, we want to run for the hills. You know, like we finally break free from that addiction. We want to get as far out of Dodge as possible. We want to move as far as we can. We want to move as many times as we can, whatever it is. We, we want to like completely separate ourselves from it. But they stay. The doors are open. The chains are off. They can walk out, but they choose to stay in the inner room, the safest, most secure part of their prison. And you guys, here's what I um, I really feel like God revealed to me um, as we read through 29, because there are two types of darkness that we sit in. There is the darkness of the inner room, which is Christ, and it's secure, and it's safe, it's unbreakable, and and then there's that outer room where we watch people suffer from the outside in, and we can't understand why they would be praising God in their circumstances. But here it is in verse 29, it says, the jailer called for lights rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And in John eight twelve, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So how is it that this jailer that was also sitting in darkness, watching from the outside in those that were in the inner room, call for lights and then rush in, to the inner room and fall trembling. And as I was reading this, I just really um, felt the Lord encourage me, but also um, I'm trying to transfer this revelation to you. And I, I'm just praying that this is going to hit somebody in their spirit, but you're suffering right now and you're going through this circumstance and you are praising God and you are giving him glory and you are saying your prayers and it still feels dark and it's still uncomfortable and it's still lonely. But the truth of the matter is that there is a jailer on the outside watching from the outside looking in. There is somebody watching you in your darkness that is also in their darkness, except the difference between their darkness and your darkness is you do know the love of Christ and you do know what it means to be safe and secure in the inner room. And so may I submit for consideration that if you are in that place, praising God, praying, faithfully serving him, even though your circumstances say otherwise, could I submit that when those chains break open, when those doors come open, Because here's the deal is if we run, those around. And I just feel this so deep in my spirit, but in the same way that the jailer was watching Paul and Silas from the outside, many of us are surrounded by the same types of people. We're surrounded by people that don't know Christ looking from the outside in at the suffering being endured and wondering if the rumors are true. And when those chains break, when those walls crumble, what it ultimately does is it stands as a testimony to the power that is found in Christ. So immediately the jailer 
and his family are saved. And he takes Paul and Silas in. He washes their wounds, feeds them, and then immediately the jailer is baptized. And and so later on, um, when the masterades or the leaders get um, word of what happened, they they tell the jailer to tell Paul and Silas to get out of here. And so we'll pick up in verse 35 where it says, When it was daylight, the magistrates sent their officers to the jailer with the order, Release those men. The jailer told Paul, The magistrates have ordered that you and Silas be released. Now you can leave. Go in peace. But Paul said to the officers, they beat us publicly without a trial, even though we are Roman citizens. Okay, so they thought they were Jews, but they're really one of their own. These guys just beat their own people but and threw us into prison. And now they want to get rid of us quietly? No, mm-mm, nah. Let them themselves come escort us out. The officers reported this to the magistrates. And when they heard that Paul and Silas were Roman citizens, they were alarmed. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about how this story ends and, and wrap up for the day. But honestly, guys, I think it's really important that we recognize that these were their own people. Because many of us that, even if you're listening to this and you are a Christian or you believe in God, um, maybe you've been burned by the church. Maybe you haven't been beaten and flogged, but you've been misunderstood and mocked and gossiped about. You know, and the fact that these are their own people tells us just how delicate these circumstances are, but really it tells us how to handle them. You know, so they handle the battle with praise and prayer. But then this is how they handle reconciliation. It says they came to appease them and escorted them from the prison, requesting them to leave the city. After Paul and Silas came out of the prison, they went to Lydia's house where they met with the bros and encouraged them. And then they left. So these men were misunderstood mortified, beaten, put in a prison and and then just asked to leave once God came through. And I love reading what the Bible doesn't tell you. I like because you know what Paul and Silas didn't do? Remember, like these are their own people that just did this now. They didn't try to take down leadership. Uh they didn't try to pay back evil with evil. They didn't tell the other leaders, I told you so. They didn't post it to Facebook. They didn't start a Twitter war. They didn't unfollow Jesus, you know. They just moved on. And may I submit that sometimes when we experience freedom, the tendency is to go back and vindicate why you shouldn't have been in that place in the first place. But by Paul and Silas enduring the suffering, um, praising in the prison, they gave God 
the ultimate glory. They got to witness in a place that was dark and uncomfortable to people that had no hope. I mean, Paul and Silas were put in the middle of people with no hope. And then everybody left with hope. May I submit that the sufferings that we're in right now, the sufferings we've left, but the sufferings that are to come aren't necessarily there to take down the leadership that's in place. Um, They're there to generate a new legacy of faith. And so I know that this is a tough, a tough word. Uh, I know that this is a tough story and I'm praying you guys will give me grace as I learn how to better communicate um, these stories. But, you know, I just, I feel this on a deep level that the current sufferings of right now won't compare to what God is getting ready to do. And I believe that for you, I believe that for me, I believe that for even people I don't know, like I truly, truly believe that when we suffer well, which sounds so backwards, how do you suffer well? Well, we pray and we praise God because something is going to happen in that suffering. Walls will fall in that suffering. People will come to know Christ because of your willingness to endure whatever season God has put you in. So that's all I got for today. I feel like that's a pretty loaded episode though. And I am just, I'm praying so hard that um, this is received and that it makes sense that I don't sound too crazy. Um, But look, I just really believe in the power of revelation. And so dig into the story. I promise you will find something good. Have the best week. Um, That's it. I don't know. (laughs) Bye guys. 